Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The Imagine Driving With Your Eyes Closed and Getting to Your Destination Okay edition. Oh, <laughs> that defies all the laws of anxiety. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can barely get to the destination with my eyes open. <laughs> Same. Same. This seems, I, I think, <laughs> this is witchcraft or, or wrong. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> today is episode 107. We need to talk about these two birds for a minute. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, this I didn't. Takes I, turns, if you will. This is, I, you know, I've been painting uh, walls. Um, so I think Very I'm a butch. little, um, thank you, butch, but also it has impaired my thinking. <laughs> and I'm like. Is Jill telling me about driving and birds? Yes. Oh. Well, transport and birds. Oh. <laughs> All right. You killed a lot of brain cells today, huh? Yeah, I'm processing <laughs> a little slowly, but I think it will be hilarious. It'll be fantastic. Or really boring. I don't uh, know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be amazing. Yes. Uh, I am Jill Chacha, and I am with the damaged Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I'm a little broken. She's a little broken. <laughs> uh, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. Um, and I also have no idea uh, how where I am a little bit. Um, oh, it's my house. Okay, cool. We do, <laughs> we do have a fan on. We finally turned a fan on. Yeah, I should have opened <laughs> literally any window, just any window at all. Um, and I didn't. Um, but I feel um, awesome. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. My friends, our feathered friends, never cease to amaze. Yeah, they're now, pretty great. Mm-hmm. If you're a longtime listener slash business goose slash member of the flock, yes. you know they've been show topics many a time before. Oh, yes. Uh, we talked about who raises the world's most dangerous bird and why. That's right. That's right. Uh, how cockatoos can play miniature golf. That was another one. Oh, my God. My heart is Breaking all over again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, how the turkey was domesticated in Mexico. Good times. And how some baby birds are born jacked up muscular killers committing infanticide day one. Relatable. That's it. <laughs> it was a good day. Yeah, it was a great day. Oh, and we also talked about a very special ostrich that nearly disemboweled Johnny Cash. So this was the first story I thought of yes. when you <laughs> were like, we've talked about birds many times. And I was like, yes, especially that one time. Yes. Um, <laughs> The, the one time Johnny Cash almost died. <laughs> Dude, scroll back to that episode. You will love it. Oh, so and good. be a little horrified. Horrified um, and prepared because we teach you what to do when you're attacked by an ostrich. We do. Yeah. Very Only important. Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Only Johnny Cash listened. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> to Well, That's Interesting Pod. That's right. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to cover two species of bird that will upend any preconceived notions you may have about birds, especially how they migrate and how they hatch and when it's time to leave the nest. Oh. It's going to be completely different. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, in the first half of the show, we'll meet a bird that can soar for weeks. Oh my God, that's exhausting. Yeah, I can't do anything for weeks. <laughs> literally nothing. I can't do anything for hours. Yeah, same. So a minute is... <laughs> this is this is rough, four minutes in. Wow. <laughs> so this bird can soar, uh, soar for weeks and with no pit stop needed to rest. They, they could fly while, while totally asleep. I, 
a yeah. mentor. Yes. That is my new mentor. Yeah. yeah, for real. And after the break, we'll talk about a bird whose newborns pop out of the ground. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and are our, our, and our flight ready after they're born. That's so cute. Yeah. I know. I, I, <laughs> I know you're not, like, allowed to tell me, like, hints or anything, but is there going to be a picture? Oh, of course. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Continue. There will be photos. Thank God. There will be photos. Uh, so I guess we should begin. We absolutely should. All right. Well, to begin, uh, we're going to have to dive right into introductions. So may I present to you the frigate. Oh. The frigate bird. The who's frigate. really just full of surprises. Yeah. And I like to describe them as the true pirates of the sea. And here's why. Okay? What, an, what an intro. It's... Get ready for this. Okay, now picture, if you will, an all-black seabird. You got it. Mm-hmm. That's right, all-black feathers, aerodynamic wings forming a W when in flight, oh. and a long, forked black tail. I feel like I've seen this on, like, um, yeah, like you know in the old days when they would close an envelope and they would put a piece of wax and then they would stamp? <laughs> yes. They'd put a stamp on it? Yeah. I feel like picture of that bird yes. would be used for that stamp. A very threatening old letter. A threatening old letter from a vampire. Yes. Like, uh, how how do they even send that mail? It's so heavy <laughs> with all that shit. Fucking wax? Yeah. God damn it. Well, th- Anyways. No more. <laughs> no, stop it. Uh, continuing. Uh, their main prey are fish and squid, so their beak is also quite long thin and comes to a curved downward point. Amazing. Uh, according to the wiki, frigate birds are referred to as kleptoparasites as they... <laughs> yes? <laughs> That's the word of the month. Whoa! <laughs> Do you want to say it together? Yeah. Kleptoparasites. Ding, 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 ding. I am going to name my cult uh, that we are the kleptoparasites, and we're here to do whatever you say the definition of this is. I've tried to piece together what it means, but I have a feeling you will do a better job of explaining. Oh, well, here we go. Uh, kleptoparasites, they're called that, as they occasionally rob other seabirds for food and are known to snatch seabird chicks from the nest. So wow. they rob, they kidnap, and they're dressed in all black. I mean, amazing. I... I <laughs> This is the perfect cult. Um, now I've heard of birds that like lay their their yeah their chicks that. and then they yeah they take over. But this is kind of the opposite. This is a kidnapping. It's a kidnapping, probably to eat them. But yeah. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> you never know. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we will get into other ways that they feed in a minute. Uh, females, other than being completely black, they have white underbellies, oh. and males have a distinctive red guller pouch, oh, uh, which, oh. they, mm, which they can inflate during the breeding season to attract mates. It's literally a red balloon under their beak, and we're going to see that in a second, too. Amazing. Yeah. I, I want to make a dirty joke, but I cannot. <laughs> I have no brain cells left. They've got a, a red, you know, guller pouch. It a, writes itself. A guller pouch. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, their wings, okay, get this. Their wings grow to 2.3 meters or seven and a half feet long. That's, that's like, from tip to tip, seven and a half feet long. That's that's like um, it's a dinosaur. There you go. Son of, a, <laughs> son of a bitch is a dinosaur. Uh, it's actually the longest wing area to body weight ratio of any bird. Wow. 
yeah. for context, their wings are the same length as a bald eagle's, but these frigate, frigates weigh up to three pounds, and bald eagles can weigh up to 14 pounds, and they have the same wingspan. Oh my god. I think I like the frigates better. Oh my god, the frigates are fucking amazing. They're team frigate. Team frigate, yes. Frigate, baby. Frigate, yes! <laughs> so, my friends, this is an impressive wingspan, and that's our focus today, their flight. So, Dr. Marissa, before we get into a bit more, would you like to see two photos that just don't do these birds justice? Uh, I figured you want to see our not-so-little sea pirates. I mean, nothing in, in the world would make me happier. I do need a visual, yeah. even though I have, like, the most beautiful picture ah. in my mind. All right, compare and contrast what's okay. in your mind. Uh, and, of course, all photos today will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by and take a look at this kleptoparasite. Yes. Here's the female. Oh! It's not what I expected. Oh. It's not what I expected. Um... Okay, it's not what I expected. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's like a so it's a blackbird. Um it makes the W with the wings. Yeah. It's got the little split tail, like little coattails. Um and then and and it looks intense. Yes. Evil. And then there's its head. And its <laughs> head is kind of derpy, like kind of sweet. <laughs> it does. It's like a little white like pinkish head. And it's got the long, awkward beak, and its <laughs> eyes look like googly eyes. That is true. That someone that true. popped on there. So it looks like he, someone Frankensteined two very different birds. Like, its head looks like it should have kind of a pear-shaped body, and it doesn't. It's screaming pear-shaped, which is offensive, and we should stop using that term to That's describe true. women, but I thought it would be funny to use with a bird for a bird totally fair it yeah. does have females do have a peach face which yeah. is very interesting and the rest of them looks like it was dragged from hell so i see <laughs> it's it like really tones it down with yeah. the derpy face <laughs> yes. the peach face wow uh, we'll get a load of this uh we're gonna see a male now with that red balloon or or a uh, guller pouch inflated okay okay so prepare okay. yourself <laughs> okay Okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, imagine a blackbird that's flying. Oh, it and looks then, like a, um, yeah. it looks like, like a ball sack. It looks like a ball sack. Guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of literally anything else it looks like. It looks like a ball yeah, sack. It does. Um, it's pink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of looks like a nectarine. No. It doesn't. I like your fruit analogy. I tried. Was, yeah. I'm so. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. So now you're probably wondering where you can find this pointy ass bird. Uh, well, everyone, please imagine the Earth. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Now trace your finger around the equator. Okay. And voila, you've touched upon their range. Oh. Yeah. That's easy. They are found across all tropical and subtropical oceans. Cool. Now, I bet you're thinking, that's a lot for a three-pound bird. How the fuck do they cross oceans? Yeah. Well, that's something that Henry Weimerskirch at the Center for Biological Studies in Chizé, France, oh. also asked. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what Henry told NewScientist.com back in ye old 2016. 5,000 years ago. Oh my God. Uh, what else do we know about these birds? And most important, what didn't we know and what the fuck 
did he do about it? Let's dive deep. Okay, <laughs> quote, uh, the great frigate's ability to fly for weeks without a break uh, has mystified scientists. The birds spend most of their time cruising over the ocean looking for food near the surface. Frigates are really strange in many aspects of their life history, says Henri, uh -huh. uh, Henry. Um, <laughs> unlike other long-distance traveling seabirds like albatrosses, frig, uh, frigate birds, uh, frigate birds' feathers lack waterproof oil, so they can't take a break on the sea. Yeah. Oh my God! Now, uh, uh, Henry's team has cracked the frigate bird's secrets by tracking the migrations of the birds native to Europa in the Mozambique Channel off the coast of Southeast Africa, all over the Indian Ocean and as far as east at uh, as as far east as Southeast. Asia, end Nailed quote. It. I can still read. <laughs> that was pretty good. Barely. After, after all that um, painting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all those fumes, congratulations. Yeah. What did I just read? What did I just say? Um, <laughs> they're not like other birds. They, they can't sit on the water. They can't. They're not waterproof. So we have to track them over all these places. Yeah, well, we have to, yeah. So my friends, yeah, surprise, these birds spend most spend the majority of their life at sea and they're not even waterproof. It's crazy. If they stop flying and rest on the water's surface, they become inundated and drowned. Oh, God. So how do they avoid death? And how do they get to their destinations? That's <laughs> so. the question of the year. I yeah, know, honestly, for all of us. Now, like you mentioned, Dr. Marissa Henri and his team tracked a few birds and they did so by attaching tiny data loggers, or tiny backpacks, if you will, to 49 of them. Oh, I'm going to break in half. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I, uh, I know. Tiny things tiny, that tiny, tiny animals wear. I just really mm -hmm. lose it. Yeah. Um, I literally follow a cat on Instagram that has to wear a tiny helmet. Um, <laughs> it's so cute. I, I show... Shout out to every, Otter. Uh, Otter from Baby Kitten Rescue. Follow them. They're awesome. <laughs> and they give their kittens helmets because they need them. Okay. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. So, my friends, the data that they got back is absolutely bonkers. And we're just going to dive right the fuck in. From Connor Greerin uh, of NewScientist.com, quote, the devices revealed globe-trotting flights that lasted up to 63 days without arrest. Dude. Only alpine swifts can fly for longer. Wandering juveniles travel the farthest, with one chalking up 55,000 kilometers or 34,200 miles in 185 days with only four days of rest, end quote. That's right. What? I, like, <laughs> this is like people who like really love road tripping. I'm like, what's the, why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> or ultra ma marathoning? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I respect it. I love a run. I love a drive. But like, when people are driving like coast to coast, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. so tired for you. Like, yeah. And this bird is like the road tripper. Yeah. Of the sky. Absolutely. Those two things really, really take a lot <laughs> to connect together. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, so, my friends, this one juvenile bird spent 181 days in the air, racking up over 34,000 miles. Wow. Now, you're probably wondering, how the fuck? And, well, the answer is so metal. Okay? Okay. They hitch a ride with the clouds. Yeah, now that's... I that's wish I had more brain cells to process this. 
You're going to have to tell me how this works. All right. Well, you're going to have to tell yourself, Dr. Marissa. Oh, (laughs) yes. All right. Take it away. Okay. I would absolutely love to, from New Scientist, quote, the frigate bird's migratory behavior is unique among birds. Uh, While most birds avoid clouds because of their turbulence, frigate birds uh, seem to seek seek them out. These frigate birds do it intentionally henry says uh the birds ride on the strong updrafts under cumulus clouds in the open ocean to gain altitude they usually climb to the base of the cloud layer about 700 meters or 2300 feet up before entering a long descending glide it's kind of like a uh roller coaster oh oh that was awesome put a pin in that oh i will absolutely um continuing the quote but when the next cloud is too far away they keep ascending into the layer up to four thousand meters or thirteen thousand feet above the height where water droplets begin to freeze end quote so they're doing some stuff they are doing some Awesome stuff. Some this is some stuff. <laughs> this is some stuff. And They're you... going up and down. <laughs> and and you, uh, Doctor Marissa, you are spot on. Um, wow. Let's, uh, we'll get I to it in a minute. Surprise. So my friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, me too. My friends, <laughs> my friends, they cloud hop, cruising an updraft into one cloud, then descending into a long glide for miles, then ascending. I'm sorry, did I say that right? Cruising an updraft into one cloud, then descending into a glide there for we miles, go. There we go. then yeah. ascending to, into the next cloud, and so on and so on. The researchers aptly call this method the, quote, roller coaster flight pattern. <laughs> yeah! Who called it? <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> Me. <laughs> uh, so, on average, frigate birds climbed 15.4 kilometers, or 10 miles into the sky daily. That's more than one and a half times the height of Mount Everest every day. Uh, yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Thinking about that. I can barely walk to the living room. Yeah. So they go up 10 miles and then they come right on down. And on their way down, gliding over the sea, they keep a lookout for, quote, a freeding frenzy on the ocean surface and scoop up small fish that leap out of the water to escape larger fish. They also feed by harassing other birds in flight until they regurgitate whatever fish they've eaten and the frigate bird takes it. That's so rude. That's (laughs) just so... I've never even thought of anything that rude before. They scare them into puking. (laughs) Oh my God. And then they eat the puke? Yep. I can't tell if that's the most savage thing I've ever heard or like... Yes. That's it. No, yes, there's so nothing else. It's savage as fuck. Oh, my God. And that quote was from, uh, from Christopher Joyce of NPR.org. So after a good stolen regurgitated meal, just like any of us, <laughs> we need a good rest. Yeah. But remember, they can't land on water. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what do they do to catch some Zs? It sounds like they don't, but <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk about it. All right. Curtis, uh... Deutsch? You got it. Curtis Deutsch, uh, an oceanographer at the University of Washington, told New Scientist, quote, the birds stopped flapping their wings while rising in up- updrafts. Uh, so that's probably when they sleep. 
uh, when they're gliding down, they need to be scouting out opportunities. Mm-hmm. End quote. There you so go. they just float. That's right. In you the air. It. That's right. And they close their eyes. And they go to sleep. That's right. Yeah. They, I... <laughs> they sleep on the way up and they eat on the way down. It's just perfect. Yeah. It's I... pretty great. <laughs> That's, this is a lot. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's this just is... brilliant. It's brilliant. That's yeah. a lot of multitasking. Yeah. I know. They, I'm just they really not that to... coordinated. <laughs> they really have to trust going up. You know? Yeah. It's like... I, yeah. I have to sleep in a stupid bed. Like, I... <laughs> For everyone's safety, yes, we have to sleep in beds. Yes, yes. A special shout-out and honorable mention goes to the gray-headed albatross, which can circle the Earth in 46 days. That's masterful. Making a handful of pit stops along the way. Uh, The alpine swift holds the record for longest recorded uninterrupted flight by a bird. One logged more than 200 days straight in the air over the skies of West Africa. Fucking... What? That's (laughs) 200 days. That's, they were going through something. (laughs) They were going through something. They were. I don't know what it was. I hope they're okay. Yeah, they lost their bird job or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. After the break, it's only, it's only going to get crazier. Amazing. Throw what you know about bird nests and caretaking out the window. You've got it. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And good news, everyone. We're heading on over to paradise. Oh, finally. (laughs) And the 11th largest island in the world. Oh. That's right. I have no idea. (laughs) We are currently standing on the absolutely stunning beaches of Sulawesi. I've never heard of this, (laughs) but I'm pumped. Now, where in the world is this? Well, for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry. I've got you. Thank God. Everyone, please imagine Australia. Oh. Okay. Point at it. Okay. Okay, now move your finger north. Okay. And you'll hit an old friend called Papua New Guinea. Yeah. That's right. Home to the thought-to-be-extinct singing bird. But, but not that's so right. much. Not so singing much. Singing dog. You said, said singing oh, bird. No. <laughs> ah, yes, the singing dog. How I'm dare not I? the only high person <laughs> in the room. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, the thought-to-be-extinct singing dog, it is not. And home to the world's most dangerous bird, the cassowary. Oh, God, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Now move your finger west. Okay. And here we are on Sulawesi. At last. Home to an equally legendary bird, but for vastly different reasons. First, a few things about this place. Uh, our overlord Google tells us this Indonesian island... <laughs> this Indonesian island is composed of four long peninsulas radiating from a mountainous center. Ooh. Think octopus, but with forearms, like a quadrupus. <laughs> Think that. Yeah, quadrupus. Yeah? Quadrupus. Quadrupus. Mm. Quadrupus. There we go. Everyone thought about it. Cool. Uh, Please do yourself a favor and just Google this place. Uh, You'll see lush rainforests, turquoise waters, geothermal hotspots. Put a pin in it. Diverse villages. And here's a huge fun fact. Quote, in January 2021, archaeologists announced the discovery of cave art that is at least 45,500 years old in a... Liang Tidongni Cave. Wow. There you go. The cave painting of a warty pig is the earliest evidence of human settlement on the region. Oh, I'm so happy yeah. that they chose a pig. Chose I a pig. don't know what a warty pig looks like. 
Um, watch. Uh, it's in Australia, so it's probably like a dinosaur or something. <laughs> it's a, it's a big um, spider. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's so cute. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, you crazy so. kids. And that, of course, was from uh, the wiki. Uh, but we're not here for the pig, maybe the spider, whatever it is. We are here for a bird. Mm. May I introduce you to the Malio? Yeah. Dr. Marissa, uh, if you would, please tell us what you see in this, fo- in this photo of the Malio. Uh, of course, all photos will be on our social media stuff, so take a look at this cutie. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this is the body I imagined when I oh. saw the other one's head. Oh, interesting. Uh, oh, oh, the, the, the head. Yeah, with the should be on this head yes. should be on this body. Okay, so this is, this is, um, this is a bird and it's, <laughs> I would say it, it's pear shaped. It's more of like an eggplant shaped. Yeah. Imagine an eggplant and then imagine it has black feathers all over it. And then at the small part of the eggplant, that's where the little head is. And it's got an orange beak and kind of this orange eye shadow and this perfectly black eye. Mm-hmm. And it's got kind of like a little head thing. Yeah, it's got a head thing. Like, it looks like it's wearing a little black hat. That's right. It's so cute. It's adorable. And then it's got kind of this black tail feather situation mm-hmm. that's like bluntly chopped. Um, it's very cute. And then it's got a white uh, stomach. And then it's got these big black legs. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, it looks like a dinosaur's legs. Yeah. It's a very interesting combination of things, but I respect it. It's beautiful. It's yeah. very elegant. And we're going to talk about those legs and what they do. Very important. I would actually love to see this bird repeated many times in wallpaper form. Think I about can see it. That. It's Think very, about it is it. an elegant, it looks like it's going to a very important ball. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, my friends, this pretty little thing is a Malio, and the wiki has a great description of it. Quote, the Malio ranges 22 to 24 inches long, oh. with black plumage, bare yellow facial skin, reddish brown iris, reddish brown beak, and rosy salmon underparts, oh. which I first read as rosy salmon underpants. <laughs> I mean, it, I would buy that. Yeah. That sounds really cute. <laughs> Uh, continuing the quote, the crown is ornamented with a prominent bony black cask. That's the hat. That's the hat. End quote. Similar to the cassowary. Yes, exactly. Cassowary has the massive mohawk looking one. Huge. But yeah. this is a little bit more elegant. It's like a pillbox. Yeah. Like a, a Jackie O would wear this. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, so this bird, however, is much chiller than the cassowary. It won't hurt you at all. It's basically the size of a large chicken. Oh. Uh, but its eggs, my friends, are why we're here. Oh. They're about the size of a potato. Okay. Filling the palm of your hand a good four or five inches or so. Okay, I was going to say you're going to have to elaborate on potato <laughs> because I live in New York yeah. and the potatoes are about the size of my thumb and yeah. they're dead all the time and they're really hard to eat. Uh, but then if you go to literally any other state, they're like the size of your head. Yeah. So What the fuck? So in between your thumb and someone's head, it's a good four or five inches long. Okay. That's yeah. a normal potato. That's a normal cool. potato. Uh, over the course of a year, females can lay eight to 12 of them. And get this, Malio mating pairs don't have a single nest in trees. Oh. Nay, females get together, and lay their eggs in a communal area underneath the sandy beaches. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Dr. They Marissa, friends. they are friends. Uh, please tell us, Dr. Marissa, a little bit more about this and 
What's the first amazing fact about these birds? Oh my God, I love an amazing fact. Let's let's go for it. Okay, from the New York Times, quote, Malios belong to the Megapod family, whose members rely on heat from sources other than their bodies to incubate their very large eggs. Uh, Robbie Gonzalez of Gizmodo reports, quote, rather the female buries her eggs deep in the ground like a sea turtle, covers them up, and then goes on her merry way. Uh, for Malios, incubation is presided over not by the mother, but by the geothermal energy of Sulawesi? Hmm? Sulawesi's volcanic soils. End quote. There that is go. so specific. Yeah. But if it's working, it's working for, them, for them, I love it. You know what? I don't need to sit on this egg. You, you take care of it. There you go. Working smarter, not harder. (laughs) There you go. Love it. So there's no doting mother, no parental treatment, and there the eggs will cook for about two to three months, when finally a chick malio tunnels their way out, and this is when, well, drumroll please. The first thing the birds do when they hatch is make a beeline for the forest, uh, either by walking or by taking to the air. Oh, that's right. You heard me. They are born ready to fly. First of all, yeah. the fact that they burrow out of, out of the ground. I guess yeah. burrow is the word you use to get in the ground. But like they dig their way out. Yeah. And then they fly. That's right. That's so... Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Intense. Yeah. I want to say punk, but there's... It's just defying like nature. It's yeah. so cool. It defies everything we know about birds. That's amazing. Coming out of the goddamn ground. I'm impressed. So... So why are they? Why do they make a beeline? Why are they flying so soon? Well, quote, they make their way to the protective cover of the trees and avoid predation from local predators, oh, so smart. which yeah, which vary on Sulawesi, from endemic species such as lizards and snakes to those brought in by man such as cats and pigs. End quote from Arkinspace.com. I like how they just know what to do. It's wild. Wouldn't it be great if like we were born and just knew what to do? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great instead of being these like kind of fleshy balls, confused sacks, liquids, (laughs) and that have to be watched for like at least 18 years? 18 years. At least. Some, many more. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 Exactly. These just. They know. They just know. And if you're wondering, are the parents involved at this point when they're in the trees? Well, no, not at all. Amazing. These little badasses are self-sufficient. They can regulate their own body temperature. Again, they don't need to be sat on. And they instinctively... (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine. I meant not to laugh at that, but... It's funny. It's funny. Saying it out loud. Someone out there is laughing in their car, so... (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. Uh, And they instinctively know how to forage, so there's no regurgitation needed for them. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. I, I respect this bird a little bit, a lot more than the other bird, which is just like total, total Scorpio douche. douche. I'm like, chill out. No one's even watching. That's true. <laughs> I do it for myself, man. Okay, okay. sure. <laughs> so the Malio's diet consists of fruits, seeds, shellfish, ants, termites, beetles, and other small invertebrates. Sounds good, actually. Yeah. But Except for the bug part. <laughs> I'm happy for them. Now, this bird doesn't grow up to be alone, however. Oh. Yeah, Dr. Marissa, from the wiki, what adorableness comes next for the Malio? Oh, my God. I'm freaked out. Um, okay. <laughs> Quote, 
the Malio is monogamous and members of a pair stay close to each other all the time. That's right. End quote. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. Why did you do this? <laughs> this is cruel. This is, uh, this is great. Um, that's really, really cute. I really, I really want to look for a picture of it. <laughs> Of a Malio couple. So cute. Oh, that's right. It's true fucking love here. Uh, According to edgeofexistence.org, the population is estimated at somewhere between 8 to 14,000 mature individuals. Mm. The Malio uh, has been protected under Indonesian law since 1972. Amazing. And half of the current nesting sites are within protected areas, though its population is still regarded as declining. Oh, no. end quote. No. So... Here's some bad news. No. I know. Because they nest on the ground and their eggs are not guarded, between natural predators, invasive species, and humans either hunting them or developing on their land, they are critically endangered. No. But here's some good news. Okay. There's one other place on Earth where you can find them. Oh. The Bronx. No. Yes. No fucking way. My friends. They're doing all this cute shit in the Bronx. They're doing this cute shit in the Bronx. Oh my, my God. My friends, in conjunction with the Wildlife Conservation Society, WCS, the Bronx Zoo is raising Malios here and protecting nesting sites over yonder in Sulawesi. Wait, okay. I thought they were just wandering the streets <laughs> of the Bronx. I was kind of... Look like fending like for themselves. <laughs> You know, fucking just pushing around some pigeons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad so they're, they're in they're the Bronx Zoo. They are safe uh, being watched over. Uh, now, I can go over the program and tell you all about it, but we can hear from the conservationists themselves. I've got a three-minute video that'll just warm your goddamn heart. Aww. Are you ready, Dr. Marissa? No, but okay. I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, feel free to say pause and talk about any part you want. Uh, let me pull up the video right here. I probably have to pause to cry. I know. And the title is A Bird Like No Other, Bringing Up Malio's oh. Bronx Zoo. And you can see it on Vimeo. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. WCS protects several nesting sites and operates nurseries for the safe hatching pause. of Malio. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I saw was um, people actually digging holes and putting the eggs in. That's right. For them, so mm-hmm. I thought that was very sweet. Very, very sweet. Yeah. Air chicks. These protected oh, sites are the last best chance for the species in the wild. Almost all other nesting sites are at serious risk. Their land is encroached upon, their eggs are hunted for food, so Malios are extremely rare. Okay, pause. So their eggs really do look like potatoes. Like, Isn't that crazy? They're, they're kind of like a cream color and they're like, it looks like this guy who's who's kind of like helping with these eggs. It looks like he's holding potatoes. It looks like he's planting potatoes. I don't know how that <laughs> works, but um, also the little birds are so cute. They have little walks mm-hmm. and they fly and they're just precious. Also, the woman who's speaking right now has such a classic mm-hmm. New York Bronx. I'm gonna save these birds. Get the fuck out the way. Get the fuck out the way. I'm trying to. Yeah, that turned into Christopher Walken really fast. Um, I don't know. I can never do Christopher Walken like on command. It's always on accident. The birds. birds. Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, let's watch some more. 
we're here at the Bronx Zoo because it provides us an opportunity to study things we can't study as oh, well in the wild. so cute. And that information can contribute to their conservation. Here at the Bronx Zoo, it takes a village to raise a Malio. Everybody here at the Bronx Zoo in the bird department has a hand in raising a Malio baby. Oh my God, the babies Keepers are here at the Bronx very Zoo cute. Have... Okay, so yeah. the babies are awkward because all bird babies are kind of awkward, but they're adorable. They're yeah. kind of little lumps of little, feather. Exactly, like a big brown clump. Yeah. <laughs> and they have feathers. And they have feathers. They have, totally have feathers. They're not naked. Not at all. Yeah. Have to know every distinct movement or sound a Malio makes to know when they're ready to lay. They have to know the noises they make, how they dig, why they dig, when they dig, and what they're eating tells us exactly when they're going to lay. Currently have one breeding pair that produces fertile eggs, that's Malcolm and June. June, our laying female, loves peanuts. She eats them like candy. She Amazing. stops eating them to signal when she's ready to lay much like crocodiles or alligators, they bury their eggs in mounds of or in geothermic areas. Okay, pause. So I'm looking at kind of like a what looks like a beach area. I think it's just like a sandy kind of area that they made for them. Yeah. But they're they're tiny birds. Like, but they're all spread out and they're digging these massive holes yeah. on their own. It is incredible to look at. Yeah. It is I can't believe, like, one bird is just, like... Digging away. Digging, like, basically the size of, like... It looks like little graves or something. <laughs> I was it's just going to say that. Amazing. It looks like they're covering up a crime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're digging f for their freedom. <laughs> All right, here we go. Our Malios dig where we have heated sand and soil. They will actually go in, dig to the temperature they want, testing it with their mouth. So cool. And find just the right temperature to lay their egg at. Aww. Unlike other birds, Malios leave their eggs to be incubated in the ground. The adults walk off and leave them to incubate on their own. Wow. But every one of these eggs is really precious, so we don't want to take any chances. We dig them up and we incubate them so that we can control the process. <laughs> okay, so... So the birds bury these eggs, yeah, and they work really hard to do it, yeah. and um, then they leave, and then it's like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do set it and forget it, to be honest. To be honest... They don't raise... They don't raise the birds. Yeah. They go back to living their cute little monogamous life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then these humans dig yeah. them up and incubate it's just hilarious until they they wait until the birds leave and then they dig them up it's adorable all right here we go our incubator is kept at a very certain temperature knowing just the right temperature for a malleo can be tricky we've actually gone to the wild and tested wild pits brought that wow. data back tweak temperature here tweak humidity there and through the years, we've gotten better and better. The eggs are super cool because the shell of Amalio is so incredibly thin. You can see right through the egg. Wow. You can see the chicks. You can see the veins. Sometimes we can actually see it swimming around in the egg. Wow, we that's so cool. We find out we have a fertile Amalio egg. Everybody wants to know. Everyone's excited and waiting for it to hatch. Amalios take a while to grow up. Oh, my God. So many adorable, so awkward stages. <laughs> so many. We just saw like eight different like stages of these 
awkward precious birds. Yeah, you can definitely see when they hit the awkward teenage years. Yeah. And then finally the, the cask grows and it forms a solid uh, a solid structure. But yeah, it, it's a that's little the wonky hat. there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little wonky there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and that's around the three minute and forty fifth second if you just want to fast forward yeah. <laughs> to the awkward it's, teenage it's part. Worth, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Years for them to get their beautiful peach plumage and their big cephalon and they're ready to go. We measure success by producing healthy babies. It's a learning process, but what we learn here at the Bronx Zoo informs the important conservation work in the field. We've bred thousands of different birds, but the Malias are one of the species we are most proud of. There you have it. Amazing. I'm that obsessed. Is it. So. Big shout out to the Bronx Zoo for doing the right thing. Huge shout out to our friends in the Bronx. Yes. And uh, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about these birds that sleep while they drive. Oh my God. (laughs) And then they cloud hop. It's fucking crazy. It's the least relatable bird I've ever heard of. Oh my God. Kleptoparasites and malias that grow out of the ground. Yep. Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. And uh, please... Stay interesting. Please do.